You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so excited we get to chat together today as we talk to Sean Palmer, author of the brand new book, which is, if you're listening live Monday on May the 9th, 2022, his book actually launches tomorrow. It's the book birthday, Speaking by the Numbers, and I am so excited that we get to talk to him before this, so you you guys can get your pre-order on, and I'll give you information about that at the middle and the end of the episode, but so thankful because guess what this topic is about? It's a topic we haven't talked about in a while, stances. And I learned that my audience needs more about stances when I was chatting with you guys about it on Instagram this past week. And usually I get lots of answers from my surveys and I got nothing. (laughs) And so I was like, we need a revisit on stances. And this is literally perfect timing. So we can talk about Sean, his new book, Speaking by the Numbers, which is of course about Enneagram. That gives you a little foreshadow. But also, on that deeper level, it's about communicating through our stances. And as a three, he's just fabulous in our goal setting month to help us with that. On the basic level, you probably remember from previous episodes that our stances have a lot to do with how we move through the world socially, whether we're aggressive and assertive, whether we're dependent and compliant, or whether we tend to go within and withdraw. So he's going to explain a little bit more about that and talk about where he's at and how it's affected him and his marriage and his life. And I'm going to just tell you guys that I have had some eye openers from his book. And I didn't necessarily expect that because with that seven and five feature of my personality, I've researched so much, but I was actually really surprised by how much his book hit home with me. It was it was just time. So I hope it's just time for you too. It's been hitting number one on many of the charts on Amazon. So I'm, I've am i been excited to follow that and see that through his Facebook page. So we'll get to him in just a minute. But I also wanna let you guys know that I'm really excited to say that we've just launched some of our From the Vault episodes we couldn't figure out why the first 53 episodes weren't showing up. And so thankful for Jen as our Enneagram One Ian Emmer. She said, what's going on here? And she reminded me that I hadn't seen him on the Apple page for a while. Come to find out it was just a very simple fix that they had <laughs> they had archived the first 53 episodes of a series to so talk about the importance of stances today and future thinker here, not looking back to see why this was happening. So guess what? You guys have 53 more episodes. You also know that we have our membership. Looking forward to that. And that is in the future because I needed a little bit of time to finish up our school year, but that's coming up June 1st. We're really excited about our first gathering together as a collective where we get to have, I'm going to be doing a training on finding your glow together. And I have already set up a mini course for you. If you join now, and if you join before June 1st, you get a major discount. So I'm excited about that. And then there's also some bonus episodes for those who don't want just a deeper dive, but the deepest podcast dive. So all of that, (laughs) that's on Apple. And then, like I said, the members, 
membership, or you could just go back and hit up freebies for a while. But we are just trying to cover you. And I'm really excited about spending quality time with my people. And after reading Sean's book, I hope that I'm even more able to communicate with all the stances, whether you're aggressive and assertive like me, whether you're compliant or dependent, or whether you're withdrawing. So let's bring it together. Let's make sure that we continue to glow together. Also, we're doing our glow planner. Many of you are joining Wes and I as we walk through each week of the entire year together. And we are in our goal getting month. So that's why we really wanted to do this episode with Sean to talk about goal getting in marriage and using the stances. But sometimes your goal getting will be affected majorly. Uh, For instance, Wes and I this week, I had to really get into feelings, which was very difficult. And you see this through Sean's book because he's also feelings repressed. But it's very difficult to get into feelings when you're not a feelings-oriented person. And yet, it was the necessary ingredient for me to communicate something very important to Wes. And so it was really hard work. I had red eyes, puffy eyes afterwards. So did he. It was worth it though. We got to a deeper level in our marriage and we said some things that were really important about how we can make each other feel loved and safe. And it was essential that we talk about feelings. And even on the whole way into the feelings, I I said, you know, I'm going to have to talk about feelings soon if you don't want me to be aggressive and assertive. And he just paused like, okay, you know, I think I prefer that to aggressive, assertive. (laughs) So we did go there and it was very connecting, which was very good for me, just very hard. And so I want you guys to know I'm right there with you on how hard the work is. But whether you're doing our planner with us or you're doing the light version, just listening on the podcast, whether you're jumping full force into your Enneagram work or just on the fringe, just taking note, just kind of leaning in and looking in. I want you to know that what comes of doing this work that we're talking about here at large on this podcast and with Sean today is beautiful change in your family. And one of the ways that that was pointed out to me by Wes is when we were chatting, he goes, just stop and listen for a minute. And I was like, what? And he's like, this and you could just hear our children's voices and they were laughing and having so much fun. Whether you have kids or not or whether you're like, man, we're not together anymore, I just want you to know that you can still leave a lasting legacy on the people around you and that they are listening and leaning in and looking and and that's a beautiful thing when you get discouraged and when you maybe like me have to face feelings that are hard or in your stance you have to show up in the world and, and be present or you have to slow down and and wait or set a boundary, whatever your role is going to be with your spouse as you're growing, as you're tuning in today, I want you to know it's worth it to come toward the balance and to do the thing that you're repressed in doing. So so I'm highly recommending you come on in and join us in the work, but I also want you to know any work worth doing is hard and brings resistance. So know that we are literally right in it with you and we would not be true to ourselves if we acted like our life was perfect, which is why I always like to be real on this podcast. And then I also briefly just want to say happy Mother's Day to mamas and grandmamas and to those who are nurturing. I want you to know we're thinking about you and I hope you've had a wonderful weekend. Let's let Sean teach us. He's going to bring it about the one, three and our stances and setting goals together, which I think you're going to love. You guys know Sean also from the Enneagram three book that we talked about on 40 days on being a three. He's also the teaching pastor at Ecclesia Houston. He's a speaker, executive coach. He's the author of Unarmed 
Reformed Empire and a contributing writer to the Voice Bible. He's on Suzanne Stabile's podcast and she wrote the intro to his book. I am so excited for you guys to meet Sean. Sean, I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you, Krista. I'm really glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Yes, it is. And we got to talk about your book and even quote you last summer when your Enneagram three book was coming out with InterVarsity Press. So I'm excited to have you here in the flesh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I thought 40 days on being a three, I've told so many people that if I had to write that book again, it would be totally different. Not because the Enneagrams changed, but because I've changed so much. And I think all of us could probably write 40 days of the meditations that would be very different, maybe like every two or three years, you know, in a just that's what was on my hard mind at the time. But thanks for the quoting and I appreciate that. Absolutely. And it was right then when it came out. And then recently somebody just came up to me at church and said, wow, that three book is blessing my soul so much. I actually rested and received. And so I just want you to know it is still blessing people, even though, like you said, we evolve. Well, I'm, I'm glad if they're able to find a little bit of rest, which was so much of my heart in that book, I'm really happy about that because it is so very hard for threes in particular in that book, but I think all the aggressive types, all the aggressive numbers and particular, I just say it's hard to be an American in the way that we organize our world and our lives to give ourselves permission to rest is oftentimes just harder than resting itself. So Thanks for sharing the book. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. And now we're excited about your next project. But before we both of us are future thinkers, before we go there, (laughs) let's talk about life in the present. So tell me a little bit about you, your fam. I've been seeing some fun things on Facebook lately. Well, we live in, we live right outside of Houston, Texas. And my wife, Rochelle, and I have been married for 24 years, coming up on 24 and a half years. We have two daughters. They're 18 and 15. So our oldest is a senior. She actually has 16 days left of school, of high school. All the parents out there need to know there's actually an app that you can get for your phone or actually the kids get it. And it just, it counts down the days to their graduation. And apparently with relish every few days, they show you (laughs) only (laughs) this many more days uh, to graduation. Oh my gosh. How exciting in all of the feels, right? Oh yeah. It's been really interesting because I am not a, because I'm a feeling repressed person and a feeling repressed type to have so many feelings all of this year. And just for, I, I cry at some point every day. Mm. Um, And it is ostensibly about uh, any hundred things like, but it's all about the same thing, which is, which is um, my daughter and Rochelle and I were never supposed to be able to have children. So that's why, for instance, like we've been married for almost 25 years and our oldest is 18 because we spent uh, the first of those years trying and failing to start a family. And there are lots of reasons that uh, that was um, probably not likely. And like a month or two before we got married, her doctor told her that it's pr- just probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we did land in Houston, which has the largest medical center in the world, and found the, the health care that we needed and that she needed, and we were able to have children. So it's kind of one of those things. Like She has always been sort of this, uh, all our children are a gift, right? 
Um, But when you come to a place and we had just come to a place mentally, emotionally, and spiritually where we were like, okay, it is not in the plans for us to have children. So um, we had saved money and all of that because we wanted one of us to be at home when uh, we had children when they were little. We're like, okay, that's not going to happen. So let's book a cruise to Alaska, right? Like we're going to do like a seven or 10 day cruise. I can't remember what it was. And then almost like overnight, um, she was pregnant. We're like, well, we need to get that money back. (laughs) Um, And so um, it's been, uh, it's, I loved having children. I've loved having girls. Like I got to tell people like, um, I'm a girl dad, like even our dog is female. Um, Like this is, I think there are just some of us who are divinely wired to be the only male or the only female because the same same is true for for boy moms in the house and to be able to carry that well when you look around and go oh like some of the things that are stereotypically male and female i know you know um that they just kind of work in this place Mm -hmm. and so it's it's been a great i i have not regretted a day of ever being a parent oh that's Amazing. I love to hear that every bit of it because you're soaking it up and they're awesome kids. And I love seeing the pictures of you and your wife as I've been getting to know you and just seeing you speak your truth out there in a gracious way as an Enneagram three. So I'm so happy. And I'm curious, how did you and Rochelle meet and what Enneagram type is she? I know you're a three. (laughs) Yeah. So Rochelle is a one, which is no surprise to anyone who has ever met her. (laughs) Um, and so we met in college. Uh, she grew up in, we both went to Abilene Christian university out in West Texas and Abilene, Texas. She was actually born in Houston, just like our girls, but moved to Phoenix when she was like two years old. And I grew up in Mississippi and did my high school, junior and high school years in Georgia. So like we kind of met in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, we were friends all through college and started dating our senior year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was a senior plus. So she graduated in May that year and started graduate school. I had to come back and finish. I had one more semester to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that point, we were we were pretty serious. And when I got a job, um, my first job out of uh, college, she had a year and a half left of graduate school. So she did a year and we dated and we got married and she was able to do her practicum mm-hmm. um, where, where we live because she didn't have to be on campus just to do that. And so that... Uh, has been, you know, the last 24 years of, so we've actually been together like 27. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. You know, it's so fun because those of us together 20 plus years with our spouses, like we're becoming the legacy leavers and I'm so proud of you for doing this. It's a heritage. Um, and one in three have not been interviewed formally on my podcast yet. So I have it scheduled for coming up, but you're giving us a taste of this beautiful glow together as the one in the three, you guys shine so big and so bright together because of your desire for doing things right and good and beautifully. So we call that pairing beautifully polished, um, <laughs> when you're at your best, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, and you know, what we, what we share and, you know, that one in one in threes is being in that harmony triad, like that competency triad. Right. And so we have very similar ways mm-hmm. to solve problems or like when the, you know, when I talk about harmony triads, like what, what's your reaction when the when your world falls apart, when the interior 
structure of your personality starts to disintegrate. Like, what do you do? Like when the stressors come and for that, for that grouping, like it's competency. Like, what do we, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? What do we need to read? How do we show up in the world in a competent way? Cause neither a one nor a three wants to get to the end result and not have done the homework that they needed to do. Like the, the three will, sh- will ship a whole lot sooner yeah. than the one will and, and make a call a, a lot sooner, mm-hmm. but they both want to do the, they both want to do the thing that works. Yes. We just go about what works very differently. Yes. And that is beautiful that you are reminding our listeners to get into those harmonic groups because they're balancing with you. And sometimes the spouses are in the same grouping like you guys. So this is the only couple pairing for threes that we haven't covered. So although we're doing a whole episode on it coming up in May, what is one tip you might give to ones and threes? Because to be honest, we have a lot of those right now calling. That's a very common pairing. Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Because, and I would say this, if you are partnered with, if you're partnered with someone who is an aggressive stance person. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, and this is, you know, I've only been married to one person and this is kind of how we work through it. Rochelle loves to talk about things okay. and to talk and talk and talk because the way I talk about Enneagram ones is there really kind of two sides to that. And one being one side being the perfectionist, which gets talked about a lot and referenced a lot. Um, but if you were like to walk into our, our house, right, it's clean, but it's not perfectionist clean. Like it's, it's lived in, but it's, and she's very concerned about things being clean and put away, but not perfectionist clean. She's on the other side of the one, which I call the reformer, Mm -hmm. which both, both of these are really about setting the world to right. So she's very much about justice, Mm -hmm. but being independent stance or compliance stance, Mm -hmm. she's so concerned about like compliant dependent stance, seeking guidance from outside of themselves, right? So when there's a big decision, she wants to talk with me about it and 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 talk with me about it. I don't want to do that. Like I want to make a decision and move on. So in conflict, ones and threes, this is, should go for a walk Mm. because it gives threes something to do. That's ostensibly not about the conversation you're having. Mm -hmm. And it gives ones all the time they need with an aggressive number to have them talk and to listen and to respond and all of those things, which are really important um, and and to reflect. And so their thinking repression gets a place to bounce off and bounce around. Mm. And it forces both people, it forces both people in the couple to do something that they would otherwise repress. Yeah. And we tend to come to better solutions or a plan doing that. But that's just us. I know it's worked with others as well. So that would be my my one thing for that. that oh, pairing. I love it. And I love especially that you're taking on today's topic of goal getting because this whole month we're covering it and you're just giving us a little foreshadow of our, our book with you, your new book, but, but in the middle of all this, yeah, this is a great goal getting couple pairing. So let's just remember guys, as we're listening, yes, this to ones and threes, but to all of us, this is a great couple to tell us, how do you meet goals? Because as you said, Sean, we really notice that both of you guys go for things and you don't let your emotions take you down in a bad way. You both 
both have emotions. You both work toward that. You're doing your Enneagram work, but it's really helpful for the rest of us to say, okay, maybe we're always thinking idealistically and we don't put those legs on things or we're, we're withdrawing so much that we don't do it. So help us to know, like, what's a great tip for just setting goals as a couple that you can share with us in general across these years that you've learned. Yeah. So setting goals as a couple actually means setting goals. (laughs) And like most, and most people are, are really reluctant to set goals because then you have metrics of success and failure and you can't lie to yourself. Once you've set a goal, Mm -hmm. you can't say, well, I really didn't want to do that. Or you have to deal with all of your excuses which I'm starting to sound very much in the three wheelhouse now with my language. Like you have to set aside all of your excuses of why you didn't meet that goal. And then you actually have to make a plan. Mm -hmm. So let's say for instance, that someone is, that someone is thinking repressed. So Mm -hmm. they are in uh, the compliant or dependent stance. And that has a lot to do with strategizing. I mean, they're stupid, right? It's about strategizing. Uh, things in the future. Mm. And so the, that they can become really resistant to that because it takes so much energy. Mm. And the language I use around our, our intelligence centers, thinking, feeling, or doing, which are repressed, isn't that we don't do them because all of us do all three of them all the time, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of how much energy it costs you to do it. And some things are really energizing for us. And some things are energy depleting for us. And so we, no one ever wants to do stuff that's energy depleting right. for them. Right. So it's, so the first step is to commit to doing them. So what Rochelle and I have done for the last, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's been this long for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. So about half of our marriage is that we have dedicated the last week of the year to reviewing the year mm-hmm. and planning the next year. And so plans come around all the, all the kinds of goals that we can imagine having. Some of them are habit goals. Like you're, we're going to work out this many times a week, or we're going to eat this way this many times a week, or we're going to go on a date night this many. So those are habit goals. And so they're kind of ongoing. Others are, and you're, you're in the process of writing a book. So I remember like one of mine from a couple of years ago was, I'm going to have my book proposal in. For speaking by the numbers, which comes out. So this is like four years ago. I'm going to have the book proposal done and to my agent by June 15th. Mm -hmm. And that's because it was my birthday. June 15th is my birthday. So at the beginning of the year, I was like, by my birthday, which just happens to be kind of smack in the middle of the year, I'm going to have this done. And so it gives me something to track back of. So that's part of what you want to do. And set goals that are specific and measurable. You have to, for the couple, you have to um, determine ways to celebrate reaching a goal. And you have to really celebrate each other reaching a goal. Mm. Uh, So if your partner has goals that you know that they want to reach, as you're working through that process, you say, okay, if if you do this by a certain day, how can I celebrate you? Mm. What would you like to have happen to say, you've done this and then you just track you have to track your goals and not to give yourself grace for the ones that you don't meet obviously but to hold yourself accountable to them because goals are a promise you make to yourself Mm. 
And to honor yourself, you need to reach your goals or have a really good reason why that's no longer possible. So let's say you've got a goal to run a marathon, right. but you know, six weeks into training, you break a leg or you have a diagnosis that you weren't expecting. Like, well, of course you can't meet that goal. There's no point in beating yourself up about it. Like, right. um, like you just have to move on. Yeah. Um, but all of those things really require, as the Enneagram does at every turn, grace for yourself and grace for others, while also holding yourself and others to the goals and standard that you set for yourself. Mm. Like, and having been a pastor for you know a quarter of a century, I'm reminding people constantly, like, oh no, I am only holding you accountable to who you said you wanted to be, not to who I said you want. I said you should be. Yeah. And if you don't want to be that anymore, like let's have a conversation. Or if you don't, if you don't want to be this kind of woman, this kind of man, this kind of boss, this kind of employee, this kind of husband, father, this kind of child, we can have a conversation about that. But if I bring it up to you, it's because you said that's what you wanted. And I want to help you reach the goal that you set for you. Mm, wow. That's a great reminder. And they're very blessed to have you there. This is your wheelhouse. I love how you said, this is me entering my wheelhouse because as much <laughs> as the Enneagram has a lot of important qualities about teaching us balance and learning grace and learning from each other, we don't want to leave your gifts behind. So I love that you're giving your, your group that, and you're growing too in time. I've loved how in your three devotional, you share how you learned it wasn't about the numbers of people in the congregation, but the hearts that were touched sometimes deeper versus farther out. And, and that really is something that sticks with me to this day after reading that, because that's one of Jesus's most important principles is the one versus the 99. So I love that. And I also love for my own marriage, as I think about it, because we do a lot of goal setting for me as an aggressive, assertive type, but not as much for my husband, who's also one. So this is really, I think a lot of us are stirring up as we're, we're listening to you. And we're also eager to hear about your new book, Speaking by the Numbers, because we know you're also going to help us to meet some of our work goals. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I noticed you take the angle of stances. Yeah. And can I kind of loop back to yeah. what you said about you, about threes and ones? So you haven't covered that very. Um, this is, I think this is really important for if you are in a part, if you're in a relationship with ones, twos, and sixes. Like if you are in a relationship with a dependent stance person around goal setting and just how you function. Okay. So when a, when a goal is set or something needs to be done mm-hmm. to give them like if this, if you've got 10 projects going on at your house at one point, whether it's stuff with the kids or at work, you're planning vacation, you know, there are always so many things going on in a family mm-hmm. Let's say, okay, you're in charge of vacation and you're in charge of it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And I trust you to make all of the decisions. Oh, wow. For the one, <laughs> That's now, if you're in a, if you're an assertive type, then you have to like be disciplined enough to, to yeah. shut up and go. Home. I'm like, my heart is it. beating. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is actually a great gift to them because they do get a sandbox to play in and the freedoms like you can try to run this by me or seek guidance from outside and all of this, but like, you're not going to get it. If you come to me, I'm going to say, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. I trust you 
to mm-hmm. handle it because eventually everyone gets tired of someone else making all of their decisions. Mm-hmm. And then conflict arises in a marriage because the other part is going like, you keep asking me, like I've got a 10 year, 15 year, 20 year record of you leave starting things and leaving them on my doorstep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to sidestep all of that, then, and, and just same way in, in other areas, they have to make allowances for you to grow. Um, right. But that's just one of the places I'm going, I'm going to choose smaller conflicts around, do you want to leave on the plane at noon or two in the afternoon? Um, no, no, that's not, this is yours. Whatever you decide, I trust. Um, and your partner can get upset about that. But that's a whole lot better than a marriage implosion for someone who 20 years in comes to you and says, says like, you treat me like a child. I never get to make a decision because then you're dealing with a whole lot of baggage. Oh my gosh. That is mind blowing for one, two, and six. I mean, fantastic. Thank you so much because that is a gift and it's a gift to us too, because we are doing Wes's Redwoods trip this summer, but I am planning all of it. So at least we're on our way destination, but it's like, I'm really hearing that. I hope everyone listening is just hearing that who is a one, two or six, take a deep breath. If you're the spouse of somebody like that, because this is gold for you to just digest in your own way and think about how you've been doing it and how you could shift toward what Sean is saying, because yeah, we don't want that implosion later to happen where there's a lot of regret. Wow. Yep. And you, you hinted at that when you said we have to set our goals as a couple, they're just goals because we bring our family along with our goals. So we have to choose them carefully, right? A hundred percent. And they pay for your children, particularly because children are always the symptom bearers. Mm -hmm. They pay for your mismanaged emotional, professional and physical life. Yeah. Um, And some of those, some of those goals need to be around um, the person of your children, who they are, what they need. If someone were to say, make 10 goals for the next 365 days, I could easily sit down and make 10 exciting goals that have nothing to do with anyone but me. Right. I, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But I take a step back. So how do I walk alongside an 18 year old who's going to college? It's like one of the things that I'm like, what, what does that goal around that look like? And so for me, a goal around that is to be fully present to the entire process, Mm. which means going to more open houses, going to more online, like Zoom online open houses. We did a thousand of those this last year. Like, I don't actually, you know, I'm because I'm a three. I'm like, I don't actually need to be here for this. Like, you could just like being fully invested. Like when we're going to sit down and we're going to look at courses and we're going to look at housing options and all of those things you have to work through. And being present at particular times for particular people is actually a goal Mm -hmm. for some of us who struggle to be present. So especially if you are past oriented to time or future oriented to time to actually be present is kind of a big deal. And the people around you can feel it because it's different than how you normally are. It is. Oh, you were really here. Yep. It's really, really, really special. 
So, oh my gosh. Well, you just blended our topics because you're like, here's a marriage tip for ones, threes. And then you also hinted at so much about the one, two, six. We're just getting a sneak peek about his book right here. So hang on for that. And we'll be right back. Wow. I'm so happy with what Sean is teaching us. And I just want to give you guys a sneak preview into his book because there's great quotes, there's beautiful lessons, and I have an E&M coupon code for you. And one of my favorite quotes from Sean here in Speaking by the Numbers, his new book is, everything you say as a speaker is either leaning into your hearer's energy or costing them energy. And what he's really saying is you're an influencer, whether you realize it or not. And it's so exciting for him to rub us up. I love how he does that in his glorious three style. But it's such an important lesson that as you guys are goal getting, I don't want you to leave by the wayside. I would love for you to dip into his book and make sure that you are gaining the momentum and the strategies that you need, especially per your own Enneagram style and stance. So make sure that you use our code. It's 30% off plus free US shipping EMPOD30 at ivypress.com. And of course, that's in the show notes also. But I just want to make sure that you guys are all set with actually putting this into practice, grabbing Sean's book. And yes, let's finish some more of our time with him. Now that we're back, we can talk a little bit about the book, Speaking by the Numbers. Tell us about it. Tell us about the stances. Yeah. So somewhere along my Enneagram journey, like our, our church and a lot of people in my world, are really well acquainted with the the Enneagram. And I finished preaching at, I think this was like the second of four services at our downtown campus one Sunday. And I'd given like the open of my talk was about um, choices. Mm -hmm. And it's something I truly believe, like that your life, whether you want to admit it or not, a good portion of your life is determined by choices that you make. Like you made, like you went to that school, you chose to eat that instead of going to the gym, you chose to marry that person, you chose to buy that house. You like, So it was about choices. And I, I totally believe that still to this day. But after, after the worship service was over, um, one of our members came to me and she says, and she's an Enneagram 8, and she says, that was the most Enneagram 3 sermon I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow. And so I went back and listened to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of things there that were stereotypically three. Um, I stand by everything that I said, <laughs> but it sent me on this path of what if for, you know, two decades, Sean, you've been talking to a certain kind of person and not talking to other kinds of people. Mm. And knowing the Enneagram, it started raising questions for me about, I now know that there are these nine ways to interpret the world mm-hmm. and that we have these strategies and we have this personality architecture that helps us navigate the world and messages that we heard, messages that we didn't. And what for communicators, whether you're a school teacher, a therapist, a preacher, you know, general session speaker person or resource person of any kind, how could the Enneagram be helpful to be more impactful across the entire Enneagram spectrum? Because if you are an aggressive number and your messages 
or even, even like in a therapy session, right? Or do, 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 do. Um, that is going to be just what the doctor ordered for some of your clients and, and totally missed some others. Absolutely. Um, if, the, if the way I process information, like, oh, that cost me so much energy to do this one thing or to reframe in a certain way that my therapist is, is hoping that I will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be less likely to pursue that, right. less likely to do it. And so I just wanted to unpack it. And I thought as a communicator, my goal is to, there's no point in my existence if we're talking about things that people are already doing, right. like it, it's to, it's to help kind of move forward. Yeah. So I thought stances would be the place because that's where we're repressed. And if you think about your intelligence centers, thinking, feeling, and doing as a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is that early in life, we all began to rely too heavily on one of those legs, mm-hmm. which means the there's one that is underused and underdeveloped. And what I wanted to do was help speakers, help their hearers develop the third leg of the stool to bring a kind of a balance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what kind of messages are, could be most effective for people who are in a withdrawing stance? So if you're a four or five and a nine and your instinct is to, um, to move away from others. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you show up in a community or context or with a, with a care provider who is saying, who doesn't honor your need to move away, Mm-hmm. but also doesn't give you the right ways for you to move toward mm-hmm. other, like that's not going to be very effective over the long term. And then we, we walk out the door, whether it's a school teacher, professor, a pastor, a speaker that you've heard in, and we'll go, um, well, they just didn't get me. And right. the thing is that they yeah. didn't, yeah. they didn't get you <laughs> Yep, mm-hmm. and you didn't get them. <laughs> so I was trying to bridge that gap. That's beautiful. I love that you did that both after hearing that eight kind of say that to you as well as kind of hold on to like, God used me in the moment too. Um, But then to be able to say that to just everyone from wherever they're listening and learning is you guys can already be applying this too. How are you reaching out at work? How are you reaching out at home? And it's incredibly tough to do this intentionally when we're, it's a blind spot for us. It's a shadow for us. So tell us, um, maybe you can tease us with one or two things, or even just explain, you've already talked about the one, two, six as the the dependence. Now the four fives and nines as the withdrawing, um, tell us about the assertive aggressives a little bit or anything else you'd like to share. Oh yeah. So the easiest way to, um, remember, and these are the Hornavian groups if people want to look them up online. And Karen Horney was a, was a psychologist who didn't know the Enneagram, but it overlays with a lot of Enneagram teaching really easily. So you have three groups. Ones, twos, and sixes are what we call compliant or dependent stance. Mm-hmm. And they move toward others. Their instinctive move is to move toward others. Mm-hmm. Fours, fives, and nines are the withdrawing stance. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're doing repressed, they move away from others mm-hmm. and threes, sevens, and eights are the aggressive or the assertive stance and they move against others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like your visual there for those who are watching on the YouTube that we have the fists coming together. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why, that's why goal setting, right. For three sevens and eights, especially threes is so invigorating because it gives you a force to go up against. Like we actually do kind of wake up in the morning, like looking for some sort of resistance in the world. Mm. Um, And so um, when when compliance stance meets resistance, they move toward the resistance in a, let's talk about this. How can I be helpful? Like let's partner together sort of way. When fours, fives and nines meet resistance, they move away from it, they withdraw from it. And three, sevens and eights, when they meet resistance, it's, it's head on. So my, I'll give you an example of this. So my youngest daughter is 15 and three, two weeks ago, she went on a choir trip mm-hmm. to Boston. And I met the mom who was going to be the chaperone for this little group of four. And I get her in the car. We're coming back home from this meeting. And Kate is her name. And she is just so mad. Like she is steaming mad because this chaperone has just told them kind of what they were and weren't going to be able to do and the freedoms that they were going to be able to have or not have while they were in Boston. And she is just livid. Like, and it's not anything. It's not anything that most parents would totally sign off on these rules. So like, right, if you're right. not performing, you have to stay in your hotel room and all this sort of stuff. Right. And, she, and she's just kind of ranting about all of this. And finally she goes, I said, Kate, like, those are the same kinds of rules that you would have if I were your chaperone on this yeah. trip. And oh. she goes, yes, but like, she goes, dad, you and mom, you let us make up our own minds. And she is not letting us make up uh, like, and that is aggressive, assertive energy. Like, I will make up my own mind. Like you will not tell me, right? And we strategize around that differently. Like seven strategize, like uh, in that, you know, three strategize around that differently. Um, threes are going to flatter more when yeah. another person a little bit more. So the other person will kind of open up the gates and let them do what they want. Eights are going to like just run you over like a Mack truck. Um, And, and sevens are like the minute you try to make a seven commit before they're ready to, like you're going to get all sorts of different ways of subversion from them. Like their way is going to be subversive. Um, And you're going to have to like, you're going to have to catch them. Oh yeah. Yes. Great example. (laughs) That's yeah. A hundred percent. Our marriage story anyway. Um, (laughs) but yes. Oh my gosh. You remind me when you said the three of Julia Roberts and my best friend's wedding, when she passed the, um, you know, the guy's like, Hey, you weren't available. And then she just does that flattery. She goes, I've changed. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) so you're just reminding us that these, yeah, aggressive, assertive people, it's neat to hear. Like we all have these different styles. What do we do? And I know I'm so dying for this book now because it's like, what do we do when we hit that wall of our withdrawing or our compliance or our aggression? Like, what do you recommend we do in the world? Well, you know, so much of that is needed. Like I'm, I'm the first person that's like, your, um, your number is actually needed in the world. Like I don't want to turn the volume down necessarily all of the time. Yeah. But the question then becomes, um, why is this triggering my defenses? Mm. 
because we go, when we start to feel defended, mm-hmm. like when we start to feel attacked, we start to feel resistance, we get defended, which is moving into unhealth in your number. Mm-hmm. And then the bad aspects of your number start to dis- display themselves. Like, mm-hmm. So if you're like, when you're, if you are a three and something feels like, or looks like a failure, Okay, why am I being why am I being defensive about this? Why why am I defending this? Oh, is it because if certain people also sense that I failed, I risk their love, their attention. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, like I if I'm a, if I'm an eight and I fail, um, or I look weak, mm-hmm. then other people will think that I'm weak and then treat me as weak. And I don't want to feel that. So the question that we need, like the process question for me, at least is about the feelings of defense and being able to recognize when those are starting to arise. Mm -hmm. And once they start to arise, then, um, you know, it becomes about awareness, um, kind of asserting a new worldview, like dealing with honesty and the strategies are different for different numbers, Uh, but that it all begins, it all begins there. Oh my gosh. That is a beautiful taste. I'm so grateful for your book. Just hearing you flesh it out makes me see that it's a take that is not commonly discussed in Enneagram circles and we need it desperately because it involves so much of, like you said, how we move in the world with this worldview with harmony. And I know, especially those listening with marriage, it makes a huge difference. So that's huge. Um, anything else you'd like to share before we get your wonderful information? Not off the top of my head. I really enjoyed getting to meet you and, and talk with you about all the crazy things Enneagram. Me too. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. I love seeing you on Facebook, but I also know you have a major IG account. Can you tell us about your, yeah, where to find the book and where to find you? The easiest place to find me is seanisaacpalmer.com. So S-E-A-N-I, the way my middle name is spelled in the website is not the way that my middle name is actually spelled, but that's the way that most people spell it. So we did it that way. So if you just Google Sean Isaac, I S. A-A-C-P-A-L-M-E-R, SeanIsaacPalmer.com. All the things are there. Um, That's where people can find out information about my books, about Enneagram coaching, um, all of the things. And if you want to follow on Facebook or Instagram, those links are all there. So SeanIsaacPalmer.com is the, the easiest and best place. Okay. Perfect. I'm so glad to get that. And I will put that in the show notes along with the links to the social media, because those are a worthy follow. You really uh, give me great things to digest and I share it with my family sometimes. So I'm happy about that. I'm not on Facebook as much. I'm more on Instagram, but I still read Facebook and keep up because that's where my husband's social media is. So I see Sean Palmer. I'm like, Ooh, what's he saying today? <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you for speaking your truth in the world beautifully with grace and especially with your wonderful books. Thank you again, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you. Thank you. You too. 
Okay, well, thank you guys for listening with us and for being part of our stories and conversations today. We are so grateful to have you doing the work with us. It truly inspires us and humbles us to know that we are not alone on the journey. And I hope you will also grab Sean Palmer's Speaking by the Numbers. You can pre-order it if you're listening live, but if you're listening any other day this week or beyond, make sure you grab our code as well. I have everything linked up in the show notes for you at ivypress.com and you can use the code EMPOD30 for 30% off and for U.S. shipping. So make sure you take advantage of that. It is a phenomenal book that is going to help you to communicate to your partner better and also to the world better. So both at work and at home, there's not many books that really are able to do that well. And I thought this one was one of those few. So I see why it's rising on the charts and I hope you grab it. And don't forget our collective. If you're thinking you need some regular marriage support, you make sure you join us. Enjoy being one of our founders before June 1st because it's it's already been fun to hear a little bit of feedback for what people are wanting and looking for. And I can't wait to get together and share our glow in the world together. So have a wonderful day. I will be talking to you guys soon. Love living intentionally with you. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramInMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.